Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic Review podcast brought to you in association with Aidan Mill and as always thanks to our friends Aidan Mill for their ongoing support of the club and also for the support of this Celtic Review podcast. And joining me and my Celtic Review colleague Joe Donnelly on today's podcast, delighted to have our assistant manager John Kenny. John, thanks for joining us on the podcast. No problem at all. Um, strange times, obviously, the postponement of football. Everybody's having to, to work from home now, and I'm, I'm guessing that for you and the rest of the managerial staff and the backroom staff, it brings with it a lot of challenges having to deal with the players on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it does. It's obviously strange times, and um, you know, for us, it's it's always a case of you know we plan ahead to the next game, or you know when we're due to restart for the new season, whatever it might be. So um, not having that that time frame in terms of what you're working to is difficulty plan itself because you end up just working week to week with the players and giving them programmes to, to take themselves over. Um, but again, it's the same for everyone. Everyone's very unknown territory at the moment in terms of when things make it back to normal. So we just have to keep them in, in decent enough shape that when we get the go-ahead to come you know, back to work, then we can uh, quickly pick up hopefully where we, where we left off. Yeah, we were speaking to Jack Naylor the other day and obviously him and John Curry, and I'm guessing in, in very close coordination with yourself and, and the management, having to deal with the players on a day-to-day basis, giving them programmes to do, giving them challenges to do as well to keep that, that competitive nature that they all have going. Yeah, it's obviously between you know myself, the manager and, and the guys, we've been you know speaking regularly just in terms of what's the best approach uh what we can and can't do just taking guidance on that as well um and we managed to get to be for the, the club being good and helpful in that respect you know everybody that's in glasgow we managed to get a spin bike delivered to every player as well and it's just to keep them keep them active keep them fit and and stimulate them the best we can and you know it's very limited in terms of what they where they can go and what they can do but you know we've got a great group of players to be fair you know very talented group but you know more than ever we've got a very professional and dedicated group so you know, everybody's been very much on board and and carrying out everything they've been asked and you know more a lot of players actually get to do more than more than we've asked as well so it's been positive you know on a week to week we've tried to set them little challenges um, again just to keep the stimulation going you know last week with the 5k challenge and of bike challenges and different things as well just to, to keep them going and give them that option as well so it's it's working well as, as best we can. Um, it's difficult for anyone in this, these circumstances, but you just got to try and do do what you can and, and and get the most out of it. One of the things that we we speak so much about, you know, season to season in Scottish football, is just how busy it is. Particularly at a club like Celtic, the the amount of games that the players are asked to play, the European qualifiers come round early, and obviously off the back of pre-season, um, physically, mentally challenging. But on the other side of that, it really is all the players know, even players like Callum McGregor. You know, he's only known the early qualifiers in the European stages, and then that just changes overnight. That adjustment must be so difficult. Yeah, it must be even for for ourselves. You know, you know, for the last I don't know how many years now, it's been very much routine for us. You know, in terms of myself, in terms of you know, you play the games, you quickly approach the next game, the season finishes, you get a very short break, and then you go again. Um, you know, whereas here you're kind of it's just it's a strange feeling knowing that you're, you know, waiting, but you don't know when it'll be that you get the opportunity to get restarted. So, um, but we're not the only ones. You know, the players in the, in this period obviously will get a chance to 
probably refresh and actually um, get a break. But obviously not. In, we weren't expecting it to be in these circumstances. But um, again, it's just getting the balance right of you know opportunity for the ones who have played probably season on season for a number of years. You know, chance to to get that little break, um, get some free time, but at the same time, you know, keep yourself active enough because you know we've still got some work to do. So uh, it's been. Strange, but as I say, as I think we're making the most of it. Because yeah, uh, we spoke to Greg Taylor this week as well, and I think he, uh, if I'm right, he won the 5K challenge last week, which he was quite keen oh, to tell us about. So. <laughs> he was, I. Uh, but obviously, you know, you know yourself as a player, but obviously working with these guys as well, that competitive nature, and that even those wee things. Because I think he checked Johnny Hayes' time before he went out for his run, so it's good that they've just. That's just something that's inherent in them, isn't it? As and you know, that's what makes them uh, winners as well as having that competitive edge. So, you know, whether it's at times you know computer game you hear, uh, beaton and frimpong, you know, constantly going on about NBA basketball, but it's just naturally <laughs> in the nature. Um, yeah. Whether it's a computer game or whether it's on the pitch or on a Saturday you know, at Celtic Park, they they want to win. So it's tapping into that and uh, using that to you know our advantage as well as you know if you stimulate them and. In certain competitions, they want to be part of it. They want to uh, take part, and at the same time, we get the benefit of you know staying active, staying fit. Um, so it's, it's it's good, you know. And these fitness guys have, have worked that well, you know, in terms of creating the the group and the using the apps and everything else to so everybody can see each other's recordings and and uh, and again, it's that stimulation which allows them to to go out and try and squeeze an extra bit out of them in, in times when it's difficult to get your mind around when what you might be training for. Yeah. What about uh, the, the management staff? Have you, if you get any wee kind of competitions going yourselves between the the, the group of you? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it's just been it's been quieter than normal. Um, occasionally we'll we'll pop through Monday to Friday. A daily quiz will come through. People people get involved in. The manager right. likes likes every daily quiz. So uh, each day somebody's usually nominated to come up with something for the for the group chat. Um, but other than that, it's just been you know speaking to Neil, speaking to the guys and. And just make sure we're on top of everything because you know when you're not together, which we're so used to, it's the communication between each other becomes all the more important. You know that everybody's, and then it's good to to still have that part of your daily routine is speaking about work and speaking with your with your colleagues. So it's uh, it's been it's been quieter than normal, but we're still we're still in regular contact. Because we've obviously a lot of um, kind of people listening to this podcast or readers on the website or whatever will be interested to know. How the players been staying connected, but I mean, how you guys, I mean, you, you're so used to seeing each other every day, basically, and now you've got a full group of players who, in normal circumstances, are looking to you guys for advice, but at a time when it must be very difficult to give advice because we're not really sure what's going on, you guys have got that extra burden of responsibility and due care to the players. Yeah, we do, but you know, it's, it's also make sure that you know the players are getting what they need, um, you know, and for the staff, it's. It's much the same, you know, because they need to stay active as well. You know, we've actually got a, a reasonably fit backroom team, believe it or not, um, who actually get involved in a lot of the, the stuff that we send around to the players and everything else. So, you know, even when the, the 5K ch- challenge we did went out, it was, you know, Stevie Woods and Damien Duff and the fitness guys were all out recording their times and submitting them as well to be part of it. Uh, and then the same, you know, in terms of the, the bike challenge we've got coming up 
that's my speciality because I can't run so much. So it's uh, <laughs> I was I was the pacemaker, so I was the first one to submit a time that gives the players a target, but uh, which not many of them will reach, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's fighting talk, John. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but. Uh, so even things like that, it's been part of it and also staying connected with the players and that having that relationship, which we've always had with them, which is, you know, very much their coaches and their, their staff and management and everything else. But, you know, we've got a good bond and there's a relationship that we, you know, trust each other and communicate regularly and, and have a, a connection there, which we've always had. So we'll continue to do that. And again, with the players, the staff, it's, it's the same, you know, in terms of that. Regular contact, you know, Neil's, Neil's been out running regularly and keeping himself active, which he's, he's done for the last several months now. So, uh, again, it's it's difficult. You try and do what you can and, and sometimes come up with things to do during the day because you're that used to being occupied with, with, with the games and the training and the planning and everything else, whereas you, you're kind of now going looking for things to do. So it's, uh, it's a big change. I mean, in terms of, of this season, that you know, you must have been absolutely delighted with the way the team's played, and then particularly since the turn of the year, the form has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it has been. It's been one where it, you know we started the, the season well, and in terms of the league in uh, Europa was good first half of the season, did well, and then obviously the break. You know, the Rangers game was disappointing, but the break came, and then just since then, we've not really looked back. There's been, again, you've seen it for yourselves, you know, the the motivation to go and go and deliver another trophy and, and try and get across that finish line. And, you know, they've been ruthless at times. They would have went out and played in the games and the intensity they played with, you know, but it just it starts with how they work, you know, as a group. They're, they're very hard working, they're very honest, you know, they're. You know, a great bunch to work with. You know, so even the time we had in Dubai, they knew we had work to do in terms of yeah, we had a good first half of the season. And, you know, the previous seasons before that were very successful, but you know they're never happy to to stand still, and and we don't allow that either. So it's, it's it was important that we went there and you know set a, a kind of target such between you know that break and the end of the season and and go and try and. Uh, Achieve more more success, and you know you should tell from from day one they were they were hungry to do that again. So um, it's been a good season, you know, up till obviously we were stopped, um, and we were sitting in a very good place, which we we have been the the last few seasons. Yeah, because Callum McGregor, we, we spoke to him the other day, and he was saying obviously he scored more goals this season than any previous season. I think it's thirteen, yeah. and he was saying he was really enjoying the you know particularly. You know, when the way you guys had kind of tweaked the formations, playing with three at the back sometimes, particularly when we came back at this time of the year, and he was enjoying that. He felt he was getting forward and getting maybe more goal scoring opportunities and taking advantage of that. And some of the goals he scored have been, well, characteristically yeah. great. Yeah, and it's, it's one where, you know, it's good to have that now. I'm aware, you know, we can, we can change things when need be. Um, it's something that we've, we've tried to work on whenever the. The games come around so so often it can be difficult to get the, the proper work in to do it, you know, because, you know, everybody thinks that you can just quickly pick a system up and shove the players out there and they'll go and deliver it. Yeah, they can, but probably not to the way you want. It becomes a bit of a game of chance when they don't fully understand the kind of roles within that. But, you know, the players have been great, you know, without uh, too much, giving them too much, they, they quickly pick things up. You know, they're a bright bunch. So, you know, in terms of when they made the changes, they're adapt very quickly to that and when you've got players like you know Callum and, and Brownie and, and these boys in the middle of the pitch 
um, the help with that factor, you know, in terms of the discipline and organisation and team. And, you know, when we've had to make the changes, it's, it's been a smooth transition. You know, even at, uh, at Pataudry, when we, you know, we played the, the three at the back and things weren't going quite as we wanted, you know, we quickly changed the full 3-3, three, three, which we'd done for a large part of the first half and gave us a bit more control and we managed to go and win that game. So, you know, the, the flexibility within that's important um, as it is for, for everyone. You know, when you've got two or three systems that you know you can jump between and, and change, whether it be in-game or an approach to the game, then it's it's to your advantage. So it's, you know, credit to the players as well because, again, there are a bunch who want to listen and learn and, and, you know, pick anything up that you want them to do. One of the things that the, the manager seemed keen to praise about the, the partnership, just about the formations there, about having Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward up there, you know, they've got bundles of ability, but you kept going back to they're both intelligent football players and just kind of touching on what you said there, John. I mean, that intelligence must be so important if you're tweaking formations mid-game because you don't have the, the virtue of being able to sit them down and exactly explain they've got to change on the fly as they go. No, I mean, if you make a change at half-time or whatever it might be, then you you know, a bit of time to sit them down and, and talk through things, you know, whereas if you make it in-game, like we did second half during that game, then it's... <laughs> It's quickly getting your message on to the guys who, you know, can then pass on pass it on the pitch. Um, but you know, we like to think that it will work for a period of time allows us to do that because you know we do work on the tactical side of the game. We do do a lot of exercises which makes the players think for themselves and enable to adapt. You know, so when these moments come, you hope that you know the the work you do in the training pitch allows a much more smoother transition in game or leading in game, whatever it might be that. You know, the players can quickly pick up and identify what, what they're doing and, and make those changes for themselves, you know, and the aid of, you know, the coaching staff from, from the side or at halftime, whatever it might be. Is there quite a, you know, you mentioned already, John, likes of Callum and, and, and Scott Brown and, you know, James Forrest probably another one in a different way of, of leading by example, particularly when you're, you know, you're bringing new players in, young players, players from different cultures and countries. When they have that kind of work ethic, the, the the other players kind of feed off that and, and learn from it. Yeah, definitely, and that's becomes important in terms of the the makeup of your squad. Is you know you've got these type of boys as part of your group because what they do they set the example, they set the tone for everything. Um, so in terms of any work you want to do, any training you do, then you know these guys are always at the, the top end of it in terms of leading by example and and setting the standards. So anybody new coming in. You know, quickly identify that they can see who the leaders in the group are, you know, and they want to, you know, follow that. Especially new players who are coming in and want to, you know, have that impact and have that, you know, first impression. Then, you know, they always look to the, the top end of the, the group in terms of what what's the standard, and then they go and try and achieve that. So, you know, having them around the place is always important for us. We've always said that, you know, but in terms of. What they've achieved at the club, you know, has been amazing in terms of the, both the times uh, here. But you know, there's a lot more to come, and they're still eager to, to keep pushing and keep progressing and, and wanting as many things as they possibly can. I mean, in terms of the, you know, obviously we've brought some new faces in, and and one of the ones that I think you know the fans have obviously taken to is Jeremy Frimpong. Were you obviously he came in as a, a young guy, maybe a longer term project? Were you were you guys surprised that? Or, you know, or just delighted at the way he's developed so quickly and become such a, a key part of the squad? Yeah, it's been good. You know, it's been a, a, you know, a big plus for us in terms of, you know, he came in 
obviously a young player with talent, but you know, in terms of coming in and just being around the squad initially to to get a feel for it, you know, in terms of then build them up to to hopefully in the future become, you know, a, an important player for us. But to be fair, it was one where, you know, over a period of weeks and just regular on a day-to-day basis, he just he kept impressing. You know, he kept showing what it was about, very determined, you know, terrific pace. And what you see in a, on a weekend in the games is, you know, what we were seeing regularly in training. And I remember just one day with you know, myself and the manager and Damien were talking inside the pitch and it was a case of we're going to just have to, have to let him go. You can't hold him back any longer. And and that's what happened, basically. That's how he, he got himself in the team. And it was through how he was training, you know, impressions he made within that. Um, you know, for, forget about his age or the size of him ever. You know what he can offer, and the the ability he had was was just too much to to hold to hold back. You just and you get that with young players, you can sense it. You know there comes a point in time where you think we're just going to have to let him go here. You know whether it's a an appearance here or there, or right, okay, just put him in, see how he goes. And you know, manager had great faith in Jeremy to do that, and you know identified quite clearly that we just have to give him the opportunity now and see how he, how he develops and how he progresses. And you know he's never looked back. He's been an important player for us in, in the games he's played. Yeah. Is that NBA, John? NBA, I'm near obsessed with that. I mean, that, that, that enthusiasm he must have must be infectious in the dressing room as well. It, it, it seems relentless. Yeah, he is. To be fair, every every day is the exact same. He doesn't, you know, ever change. He's, he's just who he is. He's very, very real. Um, there's no falseness about him at all. He's a bubbly type, great character to have around. You know, and a, and a very good trainer. You know, he's still got a lot to do in terms of he's he's young and, and naive at times. You know, there's been some of the bigger games, just positioning things and and little things where he's maybe loses concentration. But you know, you forget how young he is, and you know, as much as he's got so much to offer, you know, being a young player, he's still got a lot to do as well. Um, yeah. So and, and he knows that, and, and he's one who we regular contact with and and chat to him about things and we work on things and you know, but the kind of the ability he has and the natural physical uh, elements of his game that he, he offers, you know, he's only going to get better and better. So the more games he plays, the more he works with, you know, hopefully he keeps de- developing and, you know, who knows where that may lead to. Yeah. I mean, in terms, is it possible for you to look over the course of the season? Are, are there particular moments that have, have stuck out for you as, as, as highlights? Obviously, for, for me, seeing that game in Rome where we won was just incredible, but even either domestic or in Europe, there, there must be some great moments for you to, to reflect on. Yeah, I think um, probably both the Lazio games would be the ones, you know, if I'm reflecting the season, they're the ones that I remember most, um, probably because of the the way in which we won the game. It's always been late winners as well. Um, always is, is good for sticking in the memory, but I think just the magnitude of the games, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the group we got, um, we knew it was going to be tough. And we obviously off to a very good start but you know those two games were really defined in terms of you know progressing and I think the, the standard of the opposition as well you know when you come up against the, the bigger teams who you know the talent they had in the squad was was top notch and you know, they've shown that in the, the league campaign this year as well that you know at home terrific result which we always fancy ourselves when we're at home you know but going away we knew it would be a tough a tough task. I mean, you had to go and, you know, pretty much be on it, you know, and not make too many mistakes, you know, take the chances that came our way and be very disciplined and organised. So I think it was very satisfying, you know, especially going more so probably going away from home, you know, that home was spectacular, great, you know, 
winner from Big Sis and winning the game and was, was great. But I think in a way in Rome, just kind of you know just gave the players that real belief that you know we can really do it at this level. We can you know compete. You know when we're on it, we're organised and we're all doing the jobs that we're asked to do. Then you know we're, we're hard not to crack. So um, it was very satisfying. You know in terms of th- even going over there, we changed the shape that night. And that was basically down to how the probably second half panned out and at Celtic Park, you know, the they're obviously attacking minded team with a lot of presence at the top end, you know, two good strikers, always an attacking midfielder, very uh, forward thinking wing back. So during the game game at Celtic Park when we played the four we started well when we were fresh and we pressed them well, but as the game was developing we began to tire, just began to stretch us a bit and they gave us some problems. So you know, going into the game away from home, we, we kind of changed their approach and played with the three centre-backs and gave us a bit more stability at the back, but at the same time, it allowed us to press us, press aggressively when we had to. So, um, it was one that came together, it worked well, and, you know, the players in the night were fantastic, and again, the last-minute winner from Olivia was, was superb. So, that was probably the one that sticks in the memory the most. And Lazio with just... 60 seconds of added time remaining. The ball's knocked across and they've given it away. Good Celtic score in the last minute. Again, Callum McGregor. And Cham! He scored! Olivia Cham has created Celtic history! And Celtic have won in Italy for the first time ever! Olivia Cham with a goal! Unbelievable! It's unbelievable! Celtic have won! Incredible scenes from Celtic from Olivier Cham. He is the coolest man in the Stadio Olimpico. He didn't seem to break a sweat, break his stride as he stuck the ball into the net. You can see what it means to the Celtic fans behind the goal, to the Celtic technical area, to Neil Lennon, to us in the press area here. Celtic again capitalising on an error from Lazio at the back. Austin Edward, cool as you like as well, looking to see the pass. Olivier Cham takes a touch and puts it by the goalkeeper. Fantastic from the Frenchman. Brilliant from Celtic. Well, it's a miracle because Hattie Hoibid got off his sick bed and raced down the track side along with all the other substitutes. Lazio will have no time to get this game underway. Celtic lead by two goals to one in Rome. And they are about to go top of the table with 10 points. They are going to be heading through to the last 32. As it stands, Olivia and Cham, the hero. But it's been every Celtic player the hero tonight. The ball knocked forward. Bauer just plays that. And then indeed, it's the final whistle. The Celtic fans erupt. Unbelievable scenes here in the Roman... Stadium, Olivia and Cham with that last gas goal set up his fellow countrymen. They go to hug each other and Celtic have beaten Lazio. Absolute jubilation and it is no more than Neil Lennon's side deserve. That goal of Olivia and Cham's, I remember, I think it was Tony McCauley that spoke to him for the magazine afterwards and um, Olivia himself was saying that that goal he took a bad touch now from yeah. supporters point of view it's very rare to see him take a bad touch but if that's how he makes up for taking a bad touch to have the I don't know the audacity to, <laughs> to yeah. try that chip to lift it over in the 95th yeah, minute it's pretty good going it is I mean, to be fair Olivia's been, been excellent for us you know in terms of his, his contribution this season um, probably last season was a bit quieter 
you know, never quite reached his levels in terms of what we we knew he could produce. But this year, he's he's really kicked on again and became an important, you know, part of the squad. And you know, I think since since January, other than being injured for a few weeks, he was playing pretty much every game. So again, he's he's done very well. And you know, again, Olivia's the one who's got you know bundles of talent in terms of technically one of the the best in the squad. You know, in terms of receiving and how he can manipulate the ball and uh, his balance in terms of receiving and getting turned and, and and moving with the ball's terrific but again he's, he's a really solid professional you know good guy respectful wants to work um, so it's no surprise that he's, he's came strong again for us I mean this week we're also launching the, the chance for fans to vote for, for player of the year goal of the season young player of the year and is it maybe just a sign of how well the team's done that when, when you look at the player of the year nominees it's really difficult to choose one because all the guys that are nominated you can make a really good case for them yeah that's that's, that's a positive in itself you know because there are years where you you sit and you you know from you know a few months out that you know pretty much there's a there's a front runner there but you know we have had players this season who have been very consistent um, over the course and then there have been players who have had big impacts you know through large parts of the season so it's it's a difficult one. I'm glad I'm not the person to choose it, to be honest. You know, seeing the list of nomination, nominees, I thought that'll be a tough one in itself. You know, I think everyone will, you know, from a fan's perspective, probably look at French Eddie and think of the, the goals and the, the quality he's brought at times. But, you know, you James Forrest, who's produced goals and assists, you know, high numbers again this year. And again, keeps getting better in terms of that respect. Cal McGregor, who just gives you everything he's got and the quality and the goals and everything else he's produced this year and usual brownie and, and the rest that go with it. So it's it'll be a tough one. It'll be a tough one to call. But again for our perspective that's it's always a positive. It means there's been, you know, several players in the team who have produced through a, a long period of time to, to be in that position. Yeah, I think that's probably why they asked the fans to vote for it, because they don't want to put the <laughs> the pressure on somebody's shoulders. So they'd, they'd fall out with us if we chose, <laughs> chose one and not the other. I mean, obviously, again, the fans vote for their goal of the season. But do you do you have any do you have a particular favourite at all that, that stands out for you? Is is one of yours top um, for the season? Question. I think again for emotion alone, and the, probably the the way the game panned out would be Olivia away from home at Lazio. Um, not so much for the, the great chip, obviously, but not so much for the actual goal itself. More for, you know, what it gave us and and just what it meant to everyone. You could see the action from, you know, the dugout and the, the pitch themselves. But you know, you looked around the stadium, which was a lot of Celtic fans that evening, and you know the reaction they got from them was special. You know, and you remember these things. You know, and the certainly remember that for a long time to come. But other than that, domestically, it's been a few good ones. Um, I think it was. Ryan Christie had one against St Johnson, I think, maybe in the first game yeah. of the season. <laughs> That's right, yeah. One of the strikes off the crossbar, it was a good strike. Um, Olivia, the another one, I think it might have been against long range Sport. one, top corner. Ah, against this one, yeah, yeah. 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 So ones one, like that. I tell you one that I really liked actually was uh, remember Chris Iyer scored at Fur Park back Motherwell, in August. Yeah. Started yeah. from from Scott Baines' throwout. That's right, yeah. I just thought that between him and James Forrest, I thought it was a brilliant move. James Forrest takes up the play, 
Ayer strides forward as well. The ball knocked through, it's a chance for Ayer to equalise. And Christopher Ayer has equalised! A wonderful goal from the Norwegian! His third goal in Celtic colours! He started the move, he finished the move, it's one apiece here at Fir Park. Fantastic through pass there from James Forrest. Chris Ayer, you can see what it means to him. We speak about how he celebrates his tackles at the end of the pitch and what it means to him to get a goal. We've said a few times before about how Celtic responded already this season when going to go behind. That is another example, and you can just see Scott Brown pulling everybody in there in the celebrations, telling everybody what they need to do now, getting everybody going. That is a fantastic finish from a defender. It's a fantastic finish from any player, but Chris Ayer can be very proud of that. Yeah. yeah, Chris Ayers so, against Sabadeen as well. Sabadeen was very good. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it's going to be tough again. Don't, don't get him too excited because <laughs> <laughs> you'll love the fact he's up and and they're running for goal this season. But uh, no, there's been few in terms of that emotional side and the the reaction. It'll be obvious for me. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but then if you're talking about the actual, you know, goal, uh, which is part of a team built up over else, Chris Ayers was great, and then you've got the the individual quality of you know. Brian Christie, Olivia strike it. Callum, uh, Callum McGregor's so. against Motherwell this side of the year was a good build up as well, wasn't it? That was, that was a bobbly first touch on it. <laughs> 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 I remember speaking to him after and he's like, I meant that, did you? He said, no, it just popped up in front of me and it just sat, so I thought I had it. Uh, yeah, it looked good. <laughs> it did look good, but um, again, there's been several. It's always difficult to put, kind of put your finger on, on one that's it's hard to choose, but um, if I was to Choose one or choose the, the Lazio away from Olivia just because what it meant to have it. Yeah, because when I was looking at the stats for this season, I think we've scored in all competitions 141 goals, which is 37 mm-hmm. more than last season, which again just shows you the, the quality, but just the, the attacking play that, that, that you you brought out the team and pushed them on from last season. Yeah, and it's, again, it's just trying to keep moving forward. And, you know, we've quite a, a way of playing that the players know well. You know, but it's try to you know make little changes that might you know affect the outcome of things in terms of how can we score more goals and how can we concede less goals, how we can create more chances. You know, so we always we always look at that and we always try and you know tweak things here or there. And sometimes it's personnel, sometimes it's a positioning thing, maybe a system, whatever it might be. But you know, very much from the the get go this season, it's been very much about we're out and we're attacking every game. You know, we'll attack with real purpose and intent. You know, when the opportunities come along, we want to be ruthless, not just in terms of ruthless in front of goal, but I mean, you know, if spaces open up in certain areas, we want to attack them very quickly. Uh, you know, so there's an element of patience in certain games, but, you know, we always have players in a, a forward thinking. Uh, you know, with we ask them to be aggressive without the ball, but we also ask them to be aggressive with it now. Um, so in terms of that final third, you know, we allow them to take a bit of risk as long as the position is good behind that, which means we don't get counter-attacked. We, you know, ask players to, you know, combine in twos and threes and and have their, their moments of magic themselves, you know, in the right areas of the pitch. So, you know, we give them enough freedom, which, you know, gets the best out of the, the individuals who can go and create, you know, but at the same time, make sure we've we'll, we'll got a good structure, which hopefully, you know, keeps us in, in good control of the game. But it's that intent and aggression and, and willingness to, to run forward and, and be aggressive with the ball. Uh, and then when we lose it, you know, a massive, a massive part of our game is how quickly we can win it back because that becomes, you know, a, a time in the game when things become a bit disorganised for the opposition. They lose the, the kind of focus, they're out of shape, whatever it might be. And, 
you know, if you look at a lot of the chances and goals we create, it's, a lot of them can be in those moments where we've had possession, we lose it, and then how quickly we can react and, and disorganise the opposition and win the ball back quickly, and then yeah, we can quickly counter attack. And with the speed we've got on the team, that allows us to, you know, have reasonable success with that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, we recently marked the. It was the anniversary of the, the Barcelona game at the New Camp um, back in 2004, that, that goalless draw that you were a part of. Do you, do you ever allow yourself to kind of look back at, at these moments when they, when, they, when they arrive, the anniversaries? Are you always constantly given you know, the, the, the job and the role you've got at the club just now? Is it always a case of always looking forward and then at some point you'll reflect on it? Yes, yeah, it's a game I've actually never watched all the way through myself, right, believe it right. or not. So it's, it's a game I've seen bits and pieces of and highlights, but I've actually never went back and watched the whole game. Well, you played quite um, well. Obviously, <laughs> the, <laughs> getting, carried, getting carried with 10 other stars. But uh, it's one where I obviously remember it very, very well in terms of the night and, and the game and everything else, but it's one that I don't really go back to too much. And I'm not one like that who... You know, looks back and and goes and, and watches whatever, whatever I was involved in, or you know, I always tend to try and look forward. Um, in my time now, kind of free time at home, try to go back through certain games um, from this season ourselves to you know, kind of refresh my memory on or look at certain things uh, and do that. But it's always about you know what we do going forward. You know, quickly and kind of work in a certain way that allows us to. You know, a quick reflection on the game we've just played or a period we've just been through. Um, you know, we've got a great team analysts who can quickly pull everything we need together. Um, so we've got a way of working which we'll pretty much, you know, as soon as we can reflect on the game, pick out the good, the bad, the indifferent, you know, and, and chat about it. Um, get that information across to the players, which they might need. Um, and then from then it's quickly focusing on the next game. So in, in terms of that middle of the week to the end of the week is very much about the next opponent, you know, what we need to do better, uh, what we might need to do differently going into the next game and, and just reinforcing that as much as we can in training uh, to get as much work in as we can before the, the game comes around again and then again, because of so many games the cycle starts again, so you know, you never really get a chance to reflect too much or, you know, look back on memories and everything else, it's, it's very much about the here and now and what might come next and, and again, if you get caught sleeping then it can be dangerous, so we've always got to be uh, on our toes at all times and, and, again, try and give the players what they need to go out there and, and deliver, which they have been on a regular basis on the on the weekend or midweek, whatever it might be. But, uh, again, the most important thing is just not dwelling too much on the past and, you know, and, and looking forward at all times. Well, listen, John, that's uh, absolutely brilliant. Thanks for, for joining us today. We obviously we want to wish you the best of luck in the spin bike challenge this week. <laughs> Where uh, I'll keep yeah, your fi- my fingers crossed that you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Okay, cheers, John. Thanks, cheers, guys. Thank you.